Let's go to the scriptures over here. In, uh, in Psalm 86, 11, we began some weeks ago about speaking about living by the truth, and this is part four. In Psalm 86, verse 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk. Let's read this together, please. All right. Confession of the word. I had a certain minister say this, which is really important. If, if I'm confessing the word of God and you are there, you're not confessing it with me. You are like, uh, you and I, we go to the gym and I'm lifting up weights and you're looking at me. How much benefit are you going to receive? None, I swear. But when you confess together, it means that we're lifting up weights together. All right, so can we lift up this way together? Anyone needing some muscles? Huh? Uh, uh, you may think I don't have muscles, but our, our little teen, our grandchild, says I'm going to lift up weights and have big muscles like Babu D. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly true. She doesn't say like someone say Babu D. I say, yeah. <laughs> Let's say it together. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth, direct and unite my heart, solely, reverently, to fear and honor your name. Now that was like the one they do in choir. Ah, it's called voice practice. Now can we do the real thing? All right, let's, let's, let's see it together. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth, direct and unite my heart solely, reverently, to fear and honor your name. Father, you've said in your word, so shall your word be. That goes out of your mouth, it shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish that you please, that which you please, and prosper in the thing they unto. I'm asking you, Father, for revelation knowledge. I'm asking you for eyes to see and ears to hear. I'm asking you for perceiving hearts, that these are not words of men. These are eternal words that have, they have power to heal, to deliver, to set free, to direct and lead. I'm asking you, Father, that the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. I speak and release my faith for the authority of this word to set your people free to guide them into the path that you have in store for them. I praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, stay with me, please, for this some few minutes. There are very many voices in the world, and that is why you must know what voice you're listening to if you are to live by the truth. That's critical, church. There are voices, many, many voices. In the natural, it's noisy. Noisy. And I'm not talking about just the noise you're hearing out there, but actually many voices if you live in the natural realm. It takes true focus for you to hear God's voice. It will take that. And, and many things are speaking to you, bills are speaking to you, school fees, children, you know, career, generally things, you know, speaking to you. 
Because every one of them ha ha has uh, voices or has a voice. Do, do, do you want to see from the scripture? Do you remember when, when uh, Jesus was walking and he saw the fig tree? The, he went to eat the fruit. The Bible says that he, the, he answered. In other words, he responded. The fig tree had a voice. Say this, we will not, I will not give you any fig. Jesus responded, he says, let no man eat food from you ever again. So things are speaking to you. You may go back and the gas cylinder speaks to you. I don't know if the price has gone down yet or it's just the, the, the cylinder that has gone down, the price. You know, I, I don't know. But, but, but may go home and he's just speaking to you. What do you need to do? You need to answer. So my point is this, there are many voices needing your attention all the time. If you don't learn how to focus, you will not hear the voice of God. You have to, to, to get into the word of God. And I'm, go, I'm, going to, I'm believing God to see how I can bring out actually this and maybe teach the, the whole session, teach regarding that, this about hearing the voice of God. Because you have to know how to separate yourself from the natural and entering into the presence of God. And when you start entering the presence of God, you also have to be aware of demonic voices. There are many believers and even ministers of the gospel who speak from the second heaven, controlled by the devil, who even prophesy there. I thought, oh, goodness, I've been ministering for over 25 years now, and I've heard even believers say that I had such and such a dream. And they are making their decisions based on that dream. And when you check it out, the dream is demonic. Because everything that we do, church, everything that we profess, you know, we, we, we say as coming from the Lord, it has to be in line with the scriptures. It doesn't matter who says it. If it's not consistent with the scriptures, in other words, if it's not consistent with the truth, we drop it. We let it go. Amen? That's very important. Everything we listen. You cannot base your life on dreams. Are there dreams from God? Yes, they are. There are dreams from God. There are dreams also from the devil. There are dreams probably after you've eaten and you've slept and you had some, some thoughts in there. You, you, you can have such. But listen to this, it doesn't matter what it is. The center of our focus should be the word of God. We must depend on God's word. I say it again, it is our security from the deception that is in this age. It may not be dramatic, but it's the living word of God. But listen to this, it will keep us in check. It will protect us. I told you some time ago that we started coming a talk in the, in, the, in the body of Christ that we don't have to tithe. Too late. Too late. I've had even debate coming in uh, now that we don't, you know, Christians can drink alcohol. Too late. You can never convince me to drink alcohol. I've seen the damage of alcohol. I saw it in my own family. Why would someone convince me, you drink some alcohol, it's okay. No, I don't. 
I will not even drink wine. If it's popular in the society, I choose the living word of God. I know where I've come from. I know where I've come from. I see what alcohol has done. Anyone who's seen it in your family? So can someone come with a big collar and teach you say alcohol a little bit for the stomach? And, and then you say, yeah, yeah, the bishop has said. No, no, no. Not at all. Listen, this church, you must be grounded and rooted on God's word. Men will have opinions. But let everything we do be judged by the living word of God. The truth. The voices that we hear. Oh, I had a voice speaking to me. What did he tell you? Oh, you know, is it in line with the word of God? No, but it was, I know his voice. Hey, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Be careful. Just be careful. Even if it's popular, everyone else wants to be in that meeting. If it's not in line with God's word, reject it. Reject it. Reject being swayed by that which sounds to be popular which seem popular, make decisions out of God's word. It's not that is popular, it's what does the word of God say. The, the Lord spoke to me uh, when that issue started coming up about tithing, whether tithe or not. He spoke to me in this man, he said this to me, be careful that you never teach any uh, teaching that, de that divides my church. Did you hear that? Don't pursue anything that divides my church. Devil doesn't, uh, the, God doesn't do that. Let me give you an example. You may think it's simple, but I'm a pastor, I know what I'm talking about. You, you've had people even go to someone who prays for, for people, stays in the house and prays for people, and to tell you that it's your, your brother or your sister who's bewitching you. That's not God. God does not divide families. Oh, he's the one. You remember during the Christmas break? Mm -hmm. You lost a top. Mm -hmm. The yellow one. Yep. That's the one that your brother took. Together with his wife. They did this. That's why your business is going. It's not going right. And you're like, yes, 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 Riswa. The word of God is the truth. Don't forget that. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, in John 14, 66, uh, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Did anyone read the John 8 that I told you to read some weeks ago? You are lifting up your hand in your own heart. Huh? <laughs> I, I gave an instruction. And, and if you focus on the truth. And if you haven't done this, go read. If you focus on the word truth, you'll be amazed. And the words that Jesus spoke inconsistent to the statement that he makes here in John 8, that one and 32. Then said Jesus to them, to those Jews who believed on him, 
If you continue, I want us to focus on some few words here, a few minutes time. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But pay attention to these words. Uh, he spoke to the Jews who, who believed on him, and, and he says this, if you continue, let's mark that word, continue. All right, you've seen that? Continue. In my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and then you shall know the truth. Let's mark that word, know the truth. If you continue, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So someone to stand before you and telling you this, I want you to know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's not right. He said, if you continue in my word, and you are my, then you are my disciples, and you shall do what? Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's go to James. I want to see some things here. Mark that word, continue, okay? All right? Do I ask like we do in Kenyans? Are we together? We do in Kenya. Are we together? All right. Now look at this. James 1, 22, 25. I want us to pay attention to that word, continue. But be doers of the word. What did Jesus say? If you do what? If you continue in my word. All right? He says this in James 1. Remember, James was the brother of Jesus. Or stepbrother, if we are going to say that. Of Jesus. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. What follows next? Deceiving yourselves. He says, if you just be a, a hearer of the word and not be a doer of it, you will have what? Self-deception. Are you seeing that? Not deceiving yourselves. And then he says this, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But look at verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, liberty and does what? Continues in it. He not only looks, but he does what? Continues in it. I cannot stop by but think again of James of, uh, of Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall do what? Meditate in it day and night. What is like that is continuing. Continuing. He says this into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will what? Will be blessed in what he, he does. But the continuing is critical. It's important, church. It's not the things that we do once in a while. It's not even the things that we do just on Sundays. Remember like that testimony of uh, Alison Boa. She says this, I take those pray prayers seriously. Those prayers seriously. So when something is stolen, I use my faith. Amen? I use my faith. I was transferring some money from my bank account to my debit card, and I missed early in the morning on Tuesday. I should not have done that. I was in a hurry. But I knew that debit card, you know, there are some subscription that I keep paying every, every week, I mean every month. So I thought, I don't want it to bounce, so let me load this card quickly. So I did it in a hurry, and I missed one digit, and it went to another account. What could I have done? Oh, God, my money. I said, I was not going to worry. It will come back. Thoughts started coming up. I said, no, it will come back. 
Somehow I'll get it. So anyway, during the day, I called the, the people, the, the bank and the card center and explained to them as, and, and told me, yeah, you'll get your money back after 24 hours. Anyway, I think 36 hours later, I saw it reflected in my bank account. I had my money back. I lose not even a hair. Oh, you better be saying that. I maintain my original count. <laughs> Has it someone who has ever asked you like, uh, so God says you'll count your, the num- he knows the number of your, of your hairs. Now you've, you've, you've shaved all of it. How is he going to count? <laughs> God can go to the root. <laughs> and still count. What is it that he doesn't know? <laughs> Come on now. So, but, but are you seeing the part of doing what? Continuing. Listen to James in the Passion Translation, same scripture, verse 25 says this, but those who set, oh, I like this one, but, but those who set their gaze deeply. Ha. Huh. They gaze, they set. Do you remember, if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to do what? To have a mindset. Deeply on God's word. It says, those who set their gaze deeply into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear. And are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. Church, the word has never changed. Come on now. The word has never changed. Things have been difficult in different, different uh, uh, generations, but the word of God is what puts us over. Amen? Provision after provision. But it's being what? Being a doer of the word. Set, it, set the gaze deeply into the perfect law of liberty. So let's go to that again to John 8. It says, you shall know, verse, verse Verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Listen to that word, know. It's a Greek word, ginosko. G-I-N-O-S-K-O, ginosko. And the the Strong's Dictionary talking about that word is to perceive. You shall know the truth is to perceive. Is to perceive. In other words, it's more than just, oh, I've heard that. Okay, that's the truth. Not to perceive. Perception goes deeper than just the information you've heard. You see what I'm saying? Perception goes deep. No one actually, apart from God, knows my wife like I do. Have you known the scriptures? It says that, and, and, uh, and uh, Adam knew Eve. You understand that? And Adam knew Eve. So no one knows my wife like I do. It's, it's, a, it's, this, it's more just to, oh, I know the person. Like in Kenya, we say, that's my friend. Is he your friend? Yeah, yeah. He really a friend? An acquaintance in Kenya, we say, my friend. No, you don't know them. But it's to perceive to understand that word, you shall know the truth, is to perceive, to understand, is to recognize. It's not just the, the, the shallow information, it's the depth of it. You perceive 
you shall know the truth. You perceive, you become one with the truth. You understand? You become one of the, with the truth. And, and, and Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. You become one with the truth. It says this, you perceive that word ginosko, understand, recognize, is gaining knowledge. Gaining knowledge. Realize. Come to know. Like what I say, I will say this concerning the provision of this ministry. I was with Pastor Wade for years, being with Pastor Kala for years, and listen to this. I have known there will always be provision in this ministry. Even when it doesn't look like there's always provision in this ministry. God always supplies. Many times it doesn't look like. You can, you can ask the accounts people, and they'll tell you the same. Many times it doesn't look like. But listen to this, every year has, has been better. There's something we do that we hadn't done the previous year. That's the favor of God. Amen? That's the favor of God. It's not how much you have. It's depending on God's provision to provide, for God to provide every time. Always be. That's why you, you've realized we don't twist your hands or your arm to, to, to tell you must give. If you don't give, you're not going to depart. We have ushers there and ushers have muscles. <laughs> no, we don't do that. We teach you about giving. We teach you about tithing. We teach you about offering. We give opportunity for you to give, but it's upon you. But we chose to be generous as a ministry. We chose that. That's our decision. That's what, why am I saying this? I have known, I have perceived, I have understood, I have recognized, I have gained knowledge of the truth of seed time and harvest. And look at this. It's realized, the another word is realized, and to come to know, you know the way they give definitions sometimes, but it's to realize. When you know the truth, you have realized the truth. And this word ginosko in the is the knowledge that has an inception. You know, an, an inception. It's an inception, a progress, and an attainment. It is the recognition of truth by personal experience. You shall know the truth. It is a recognition of truth by personal experience. If you continue with my word, you shall meet my disciples indeed, and you shall do what? Know the truth. Personal experience. You've handled the word of truth. Let's go to First John chapter 1. I want you to see something there. Are you still here? Look at this in verse 1. First John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. This is what the apostle John says. Which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And he says this, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. He's saying this, 
have experienced the truth. And he goes on to say this in what follows next. In verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That you also may have fellowship with us. And what follows next? And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's perception, realization that they have experienced the truth. It's not something that you heard in passing. It's something that has become part of you. I can say for the last 25 years, Christianity is my life. It's not something I do on Sundays. I live this way. I think this way. I talk this way. My mind may try to go in another direction when pressure comes in, but I have to bring it back to the thinking of God's word. The Lord spoke to me in 1997, and he said this, this is not a vain thing I'm speaking to you. This is your life. You think that way. You talk that way. You act that way, no matter what happens. You do what? You've perceived the truth. You have realized the truth. You acknowledge the truth. You've become one with the truth. That's deliverance right there. Then you shall do what? You shall know the truth and you shall, you shall be my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Make you free. That word made, make free, which is made free actually. Same word that you find in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, uh, verse 2. Are you able to go there, please? Romans 8, 2. It starts, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it says this, for the law, verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has done what? Has done what? Made me free from the law of sin and death. Are you seeing that? That's the same word, made free. It's the same word, you shall, if you continue with my word, you shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So this one he says is, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Sin is a bondage. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. Be bound by sin is such a bondage. I've counseled with people many, 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 many over the years. And every, every sin in their, life, in their lives is a bondage. It may seem like it's pleasurable for some time, but it's deceitful. It binds. Sin binds. But he says this, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has done what? Made us free. This is the same word we say, the same word, that is used there, you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Make you free. It's the same word. And let me give you the, some definitions of this word. The word means to liberate. To liberate. In other words, you know the truth of the word. Church, God's word is liberating. Isn't that wonderful? I don't have to hide my phone from my wife. That's freedom. Okay, it seems like some of you are not enjoying this, this freedom. But for me, that's freedom. I don't have to hide anything from my wife. I don't, she, can, she can have it over there if she wants to check the bank account and who I've been talking to. Ah, 
Merry Christmas. That's freedom to me. Then this one. Hello. 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 I love my freedom. You understand? I love my freedom. Really. That's why anything like, you know, habits of something, hiding something, I just don't know it. I just don't know it that way. I just, ah. I think Pastor Sven and Carl have lived together, you know, over, over the years, but for me to be hiding something from them, no, I just enjoy my freedom. Welcome. Are you, you, you uh, what are, hey, welcome to freedom. Our relationships with each other ought to be just free. I just enjoy my freedom. I don't want to hide anything. And then she finds out. How do people sleep even? Huh? You don't know when she'll find out at night. So there are people who cannot get them on phone when they are with their spouses. Put on airplane mode. <laughs> so that text do not come in. Ah, that's bondage. Men and women, let's enjoy our freedom. You shall be free indeed. That's, that's the word liberate. Acquit. 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 Set free. That's what the word says. You shall know the truth, and the truth, uh, the truth shall make you free. Free. Acquit. Deliver. I like deliverance. And in the New Testament, the word is usually is used exclusively for Jesus setting believers at liberty from the dominion of sin. Jesus setting believers at liberty from what? The dominion of of sin. That's our freedom, church. Liberty, liberty, liberty. I am free. I am free. Is that the way you say I am free? That's, that's, that's freedom. Look, look at Galatians 5, 1 to 6, uh, 1 and 6, verse, the Passion Translation. It says this. So have you seen that? If you continue with my word, you shall be what? My disciples indeed. And you shall know, Ginemosko, the truth, and the truth shall make you free, liberate you. From what? From the bondage of sin. Lies are binding. Lies are binding. I've ever had a story, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, you know how true this is. But there was a little boy and a sister, uh, and let's call him John, and the sister's Mary. You remember John and Mary? <laughs> but John, and then they were in the grandmother's house, and, and John was playing, throwing stones, and hit, I'll use it for our vernacular language, and hit a rooster. Maybe it was in Western Kenya. Hit a rooster. And the rooster died. And 
told Mary, Mary, don't, don't tell anyone. Don't tell grandma. I said, fine. I won't tell grandmother. So grandmother uh, later on said, oh, they, we found the rooster dead. I said, oh, okay. What happened? We, we don't know. We found it dead. Okay, fine. He died somehow. Then, in the evening, comes in and uh, uh, the grandmother said, Mary, it's you to wash the dishes. And then say, Mary turns to John and says, John, wash the dishes. <laughs> I said, no, no, you wash the dishes. You know what you did today? I'll tell grandma. <laughs> You'll wash the dishes. Walk up in the following day and some, another chore need to be done. And Mary, do such and such. Turns and goes to John, you need to do such and such. And, and just, but Mary, I said, you know you need to do this. Oh, I'll tell grandma. And Mary will go out playing. It continued for some few days. And John thought like, this is going to take long. I'd rather face the truth than be manipulated by little devil. <laughs> that was acting like a devil. So she, she finally went and told, Grandma, I have something to tell you. Please forgive me. What is it, uh, John? I was playing the other day and I threw a stone and he hit the rooster. The rooster died. Please forgive me. And the grandmother held John and said, John, thank you for telling me the truth. Actually, I was by the window and I saw this happen. But I expected for you to come and tell me the truth. He said, I forgive you, John. Thank you. Mary came back later. <laughs> Mary, go and do such and such. Okay. John. Mary went to John. Now you need to do this. I said, no, no, Mary, this is too much. I said, no, you need to do this. Uh, no, this is too much. Uh, I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, I'll tell grandma, go and tell her. That's liberty right there. That's freedom right there. The truth is liberating, church. Sin is binding. Don't forget that. Truth is liberating. Confess. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins to God. Look at things. You may be a young person. You may be a spouse. But I'm telling you, it's liberating. And mostly it's this. I remember telling a certain individual years ago, it's been over 20, maybe 26 years ago, uh, I did this before I got born again. And I went to the individual and said, please forgive me how I treated you. And the individual looked at me and said this. I, I thought it was a big deal. But the individual looked at me and said this. If God has forgiven, who am I that I should not forgive you? I thought, oh, that's liberating. Truth is liberating. Truth will make you free. Now listen to Galatians 5, 1 to 6 quickly. At last we have freedom. And you're just quiet. Come on now. You're just quiet. You didn't shout. You didn't run around. At last we have freedom. Amen. For Christ has set us free. 
I don't know which passion she's using, uh, passion translation, but they say, at last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always, come on, that is Galatians 5.1. Okay, let me read mine and then see if this will go. Or did I, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let me check out to make sure that I have the right thing here. Come on now. Yeah, at last you have freedom. That's what I have from the Passion Translation. Okay, let's read this one and see how it flows the other one. At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. Yeah, thank you. Christ has set us free. We must always, listen to this, we must always cherish this truth. Oh, thank God for my salvation. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Let me see your version, please. The name of Jesus, higher than any other names. Oh, oh no, no, sorry, sorry, that's not that one. Let's go to the other one. Let me, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. Come on now, church. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Freedom. Liberty. If you continue with, you, with my word, you'll be what? My disciples indeed. And you shall ginosko. The truth, and the truth shall do what? Make you free. And that is being released from the bondage of sin. And he said this, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Look at verse 6. When you are placed into the anointed one and joined with him, Remember, uh, John, I mean, uh, David is saying this in, in Psalm 86, 11. You don't have to go back there, but Psalm 86, 11 says, Teach me away, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth. Direct and unite my heart solely, reverently to fear and honor your name. Joined to him, united with the truth. Becoming one with the truth. He says this, when you are placed into the anointed one and joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Love brings you to an echelon of liberty. Love is Liberating. It's the highest form of life that you can, the highest form of, of, of li li liberty you can, you can exist in or you can live in. It's walking in love. You shall, we shall be known by what? Our love. To, for, to God and for, for one another. Go to, to John 8 or 6, just uh, saying that again, John 8, 36. The New King James Version, I want to read it. 
again. Not again. Again, it's because I've been reading it. But let me read it. John 8, 36 from the New King James Version. Still in that conversation that Jesus is having conversation with the Jews, remember it began with a woman who, was, who had been caught up in the very act of, of uh, adultery. But look at this in verse 36. It says this, it says this that if the son makes you free, are you seeing that word again? Liberate you? You shall be what? Free indeed. Salvation is freedom, church. If there's any area that you are addicted to anything, it's time to experience that liberty. Really, the devil is not powerful as many believers think, or they have accepted a lie that is powerful. Let me tell you something. You and I little, quote-unquote, things. If the, the devil was that powerful, we could not have been born again. He could not stop our will from choosing salvation. We walked out of all the courts of the, the devil and all his, his kingdom, and we say, Jesus, come into my heart. And when he said that, we just moved out of his kingdom. Listen, it's in the truth that he is powerless. It's as we walk in the truth that he is powerless completely, that none of his grips should be on us. None whatsoever. It doesn't matter the addiction, people. Addicted to pornography, whatever it is, just be free. Go to that scripture and say, the son has come into my heart. Um, he's made me free. And I'm free indeed. I'm free. And start saying it. Maybe you may be addicted to, you know, to, uh, you're addicted to what? Whatever it is, nicotine, alcohol, whatever it is, sex addiction. It doesn't matter. It's freedom. Amen. You know, I, I really enjoy this when I wake up in the morning. I'm not the kind of a person that says, I must have a cup of tea or I must have a cup of coffee in the morning. No. I didn't come out on 5th of January 1973. I didn't come out of my mother's womb with a cup of coffee. <laughs> Why would I be addicted to that? I refuse. You, you understand that? I refuse. Oi, pastor, nafanya mchezo. Mimi nisipo kunyo icho, 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 icho kikombe tu. Kicho nafanya da, 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 da. That's the more you need to be free from it. I remember, where's mama? Ruth Oerimu. Hey, she, I thought I saw her here today. She's not in today. Anyway, she told us when she joined the church in many years ago, uh, she said, Pastor, she gave us a testimony. I used to have this flask in my house throughout the day. I could not stay without having a cup of tea. That's the way I was. And she said, then I came here and you had Daniel fast. I thought, was I going to survive without a cup of tea? After 21 days, that was my freedom. Huh? 
I know there are people in the coast who have such names. Mr. Machai, be free. <laughs> in fact, uh, his father-in-law is called Machai. <laughs> but Mrs. Machai also, be free. <laughs> yeah, it's freedom, indeed. It's freedom. The anointed one has come to set us free. Walking in love is our protection from the, the deceptions of the age. Walking in love is walking in the truth. It's walking in the truth. Let's go to First John 2 quickly, verse 15, and then I'll read some scriptures and then we wind up. First John 2, 15. I want you to think about this. Be aware of this. This is what led mankind into deception, into falling, into Adam committing high treason. And I'm, I'm hesitant to use this word, but actually let me see if I can use it. If we, you can, you can uh, be able to connect with what I'm saying, is that this is actually, I, I think, is the bedrock of deception. The last of the flesh, the last of eyes, and the pride of life. It's a bedrock. If the devil cannot have, an op if he cannot have a, a window to come into our lives through the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life, therefore he cannot deceive us. Because if you are, oh, let, let's, let's see. Let's see in First John chapter 2. Maybe this will bring up, drive the point home. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Are you seeing that? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So look at this, just that scripture. A separation from the love of, uh, from the, love of the, the world is by choosing to walk in God's love. Are, are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? If I called you up here, you'll be able to explain what I've just said. Okay, look at this. Slowly. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So if one loves the world, loves the world is actually separating himself from the love of the Father, Agape. Okay? All right? So look at this. The more I get a revelation and walk in the love of God, the agape love of God, the more I'm separated from the world system controlled by the devil. How clear? Is, Elder Francis, you think is that clear? Or you can explain it better. Okay, now, now look at this then. Look at this what follows next in verse, verse 15, verse 15, verse 16. For all that is in the world, now we know there are so many things in the world, but he says all that is in the world is putting it to these three. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. In other words, the world system controlled by the God of this world with a small g, the devil, controls mankind through the lust of the flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life. And God says in this other side, 
The way my kingdom operates, it operates through my love. What is to love God is to keep his commandments, is to continue actually in his commandments, is liberty, is liberating. The love of God is liberating. Is that clear? Come on now. It's clear. So look at this. So you say the way to deal with the world is to know how to engage in God's love. That's why I encourage believers to go over and over again to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's go to Genesis 3 quickly and then we start winding up. So you've seen that the last of the flesh, the last of wise and pride of life is of the world. Now let's, let's see Genesis chapter 3. The account of your great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said to you, shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And what, what follows next? Sorry, before, yeah, yeah, I'll read that, okay. He says, this, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, we looked at, at, at this scripture last, last time, and we saw that it wasn't only the tree, one tree which was in the midst of the garden, there was that one of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was also the tree of life. You remember that? Now look at this. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. God didn't say that. He didn't say, you shall not touch it, lest you die. We saw from the scriptures what God says, Eve added her own doctrine. Now look at what, what follows next. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. What does that mean? God lied to you. Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man that he should lie. <laughs> Has he not said it? And he will make it good. When he says it, look at what follows next. He says this, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. Do you know they are like God? We see that in Genesis 1.26. God, God said, let us create man in our own image and in our likeness. They were created like God. Okay, Lord, what follows next there? He says this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so, that's last of the flesh, uh, last of eyes, sorry. No, no, no. So it was good for, good for food, last of the flesh. That it was pleasant to the eyes, last of eyes, and a tree to desirable to make one enlightened. <laughs> Wise. What is that? Pride of life. What is that? Self-independence. In other words, we don't have to depend on God. Make us wise. She took of his fruit and ate. She ran around for the whole day looking for the husband. And gave it to her. No, the husband was right there. And he ate it. They both ate. But the amazing thing is this. Go to chapter 2, please, quickly.
Let's see over here. Something I'm looking for here. You can say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on now, hallelujah. hallelujah. Let me give a one to see this. Okay, let's go to verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. I want you to see something there. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and then he put the man whom he had formed, and then go continue. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree that is pleasant to the sight. In other words, it's not the only one tree which was pleasant to the sight. Have you noticed the things that you are told not to do is the things that you want to concentrate on? That didn't start with you. started with Eve. And, and that it was pleasant to the sight and good for the food, for God, good for food, the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there are so good, many good trees. He didn't have to concentrate on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't need to do that. The amazing thing is this, and it's becoming this way so much more. What percentage is this LGBTQ actually? But how much time is being taken to, on discussing about LGBTQ agenda? Or you, you thought I didn't know? You, you understand? And, and listen this. You can waste your time concentrating on this. And the thing is this. You're concentrating on this one thing and lose out the will of God for your life. I'll give you one thing, then I'll give you some few scriptures. Some years ago, in 2012, I think it happened 2011 or 2012, but I got to know about it in 2013. And this is what had happened. Uh, 2012, November, Pastor Wade went to be with the Lord, the founder of this ministry together, the Pastor Carl. And then in 2013, I'm being told of a certain, uh, some things that we used to store in the office, that a guard, they were working then, uh, a guard collaborated with a certain guy who worked also in the office then. And they brought in a pickup and carried those things out on a Sunday and took them away to go sell them. That is in 2013, it happened maybe 2012 or 2011. That really grieved me. And I started asking the Lord, I got trouble. And what I don't want is to be say, you know, to go around being suspicious of every staff member. That's never good. And I asked, Lord, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I don't like what happened. Listen to what he told me. Davis, my accountant was a thief. And I knew it. That did not stop me from fulfilling the will of the Father. Concentrate on what you are called to do. But where is Judas? You won't find him in heaven. You can concentrate on this thing. You only need to ask the Lord what to do. Or you can be suspicious of everyone and never fulfill the will of God for your life. That has been my pursuit. I think you won't put policies in place. We do. But I'm not going to focus on that. Christ came to set us free. 
Remember the Bible says he knew Judas was a, was a thief. Huh? Come on, huh? He didn't say, I fire you. He continued. Can you imagine? He just continued. He did the will of the Father as, as we've been redeemed. Amen? But Judas didn't make it. He committed suicide. Let me read to you some scriptures then we wind up concerning this. Psalm 119 verse 30. If you can write these scriptures, please, and have them meditate on them concerning the truth. Listen to these prayers. Psalm 119 verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have laid before me. Let's say it together. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have laid before me. Let's say it again. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have laid before me. Let's go to Psalm 119 still, verse 43. It says, I love this one. And take, let's go together. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. On that, 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 does that remind you of John 1, uh, Joshua 1.8? I want that in my mouth all through. For I have hoped in your ordinances. It's my hope. It's your hope, church. The word of God. Let's look at verse 142 of Psalm 119. It says this. Let's read it together. Let's say it. Confess it together. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And your law is truth. In other words, your word is truth. That's like John 17, 17. Your word is truth. Your righteousness is everlasting. Righteousness and your law is truth. Psalm 119 verse 142. That's, that's what we've just read. Listen to Psalm 119 verse 151. Encourage in your own time read Psalm 151. I mean Psalm 119. It's wonderful. Look at this in, in verse 151. says this. Let's, let's confess it together. Or let's pray it out together. You are near O Lord. And all your commandments are truth. You are near O Lord. And all your commandments are truth. Truth is liberating. The word of God is truth. Is the truth. In Psalm 145, verse 18. Psalm 145. Look at this one. It's wonderful. Let's read that together. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. Can you say it again? The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Truth. Be a person of the truth. Let the word of God be your standard on a daily basis. Love it. Keep it in front of you. Listen, like what I said, church is our protection. From the deceptions of the age. The truth. Remember like in Psalm 119 verse, verse, verse 105 says. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. In other words. The dark. The darker is becoming. If we, we, we stay with the word of God. And we have it on a daily basis. We are protected from the darkness of this world. Things you know. Like again Psalm 91 says. Your truth shall be what? My shield and buckler. It's my protection from the deceptions of the age. So many things are going to happen in our generation. And remember this, church. 
It's not just out there. I'm talking in the body of Christ. They're already happening. False prophets. Things that are not in line with the word of God. Our protection is if we love the word. Not personality. Not individuals. Men come and pass. Men come and go. But listen to this. The truth is what makes us free. If you continue with my word, you'll become my disciples indeed. And you shall do what? Know the truth, Ginosko, and the truth shall liberate you, make you free. You may stand up on your feet, please. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You receive the word? The truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you just thank the Lord for his word? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and thank him. You've heard his word. He says, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. Shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that we, which I please and prosper in the thing they enter. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for your word. continue just thanking him I believe there's something that the Lord wants to even to speak to us he's spoken to us but let's believe him for utterance thank you Lord we choose the word thank you Father Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you. Thank you for having given us your word to protect us. From the deception of the enemy in our age, in our time. The entrance of your word gives light, gives understanding to the simple. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you for the work of your spirit in our midst. Those addictions I was talking about, you know you are, you are addicted. I don't want you to lift up your hand. I don't want you to come to the altar. I want you to tell the Lord, forgive me for this. Forgive me for this addiction. I sense the anointing. I've seen people being delivered from those addictions. So you know the first one. Your case is not different and it's not like, oh, this cannot happen to me. The Spirit of God is in this place and I can sense Him 
setting people free from addiction. But first, there has to be a repentance. Just confess that sin to the Lord, the addiction that you've carried. It's been shameful even to think of the things that you've been doing in secret. I sense that anointing. I sense that anointing. Just repent because the power of God is coming over you to, to set you free. Him who the Son sets free is free indeed. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Be shameful even for the things that you know that have bound you. But God has not come to shame you. He came to set you free. Now keep quiet, then I want to pray for you. If you've repented, the power of God is coming upon you right now. I can sense that. In the name of Jesus, I command you, spirit of addiction, I break your power now. A chain is broken right now. A chain is broken right now. And I say, every tree that the Father has not planted up, put it in the name of Jesus. Father, by the authority of your word, I thank you for delivering your people. You came to set to make your people free. And I thank you for the penetration of the truth in their hearts. That hunger for that addiction, that thirst for that addiction, is broken from this day henceforth. The spirit has no power over you. That foul, unclean spirit goes now and never to return. Don't give the spirit a chance again. You are free. Just thank him for your freedom. I just sense that. I just sense that. I know that. Just thank him for his freedom. For your freedom. Just thank him. Lift up your voice and thank him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's someone you felt like this fire in your stomach or in your belly. That's the power of God that has come upon you. And you've been set free right now. You've been set free from that heaviness. Thank you, Father. Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for liberation from every form of addiction. You've been free, and then you are free in the name of Jesus. Freed from habits that are demonically influenced. I break your power in the name of Jesus. I said I break your power in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I praise you, our Lord. I worship you. And I honor you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise be. Thank you, Father. Just worship Him. Just thank Him.
Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Father. His presence is setting you free. I can tell that. Just don't let this moment just pass. Thank you, Lord. Fear. Yes, the spirit of fear is leaving you. You've had such fear. Almost calling it terror. But that's the spirit of fear. That fear, the spirit of fear is broken. Everything that is do, does not represent the kingdom of God, I speak in the name of Jesus, be broken. Be broken. Jesus came to liberate us from sin. The consequences of sin and, and the power of sin. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for, your, for the freedom that you brought to us. There's a person that you know, you lie habitually. The Spirit of the Lord is coming upon you. I want you to repent of that sin of lying. The Lord wants to set you free. And it's actually it's a warning. Because if you don't turn around, I can sense that anointing. If you don't turn around and stop lying and, and allow the Holy Spirit to deliver you the spirit of truth, you'll end up not in a good place. Just listen to the Spirit of God and say, Forgive me, Lord. I've kept this life a long time. I've lived this way. I'm free now. You've lied even concerning your relationships. The Lord wants to set you free. Just ask Him to forgive you. He's good. He came to set His people free from the sea, the bondage of sin. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.